But uh, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, and we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, this is just kind of a uh, uh, chill episode because uh, we don't really have any sort of topic we want to necessarily discuss, a def- definitive topic. Uh, we just wanted to kind of go with the flow, let the Holy Spirit lead, talk about what is on our hearts, and talk about um, what the Holy Spirit wants to talk about, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I, I feel like starting with prayer today, uh, just because of all the technical difficulties and stuff, just to kind of settle our hearts and settle the vibe here. So, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for this wonderful opportunity to gather together on the chat in the studio here uh, to just talk about what's on your heart, Lord, talk about what's on our heart. Holy Spirit, lead this conversation the way you want to. Bless this space, bless the chat, bless the people that are listening and watching and listening and watching in the future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So, Casey, how was your week? It's good, man. You know, it's... uh getting closer and closer to wedding day and so trying to hey. nail down all of that but and i was on overtime this weekend so it's um it's always a little bit of a uh working that extra 10 hours on friday i am blessed enough to be able to work monday through thursday usually but those 10 hours on friday usually uh you know they they take away uh my opportunity to sometimes go to prayer in the mm-hmm. morning which is a bummer because um, I have to start work so early, but you know I am thankful for the opportunity to make a little extra money, especially with the wedding coming up, and to you know provide my abilities to spend on uh, things that I want to spend on. So with that being said, uh, the next time there is a podcast when Brian goes live, the studio itself will be completely renovated. I'm excited for this, and so. Uh, can you, can tune you give in us a that next hint? time. Oh no. no? It's gonna oh, be a complete surprise. All right, all right. And so when it comes to that, it'll be yep, completely different. Um, I'm thinking that it'll be a lot more aesthetically pleasing. And so make sure you tune in to check out the new studio. All right. Now question is, am I gonna be the first to test this new studio or are you gonna be? Am I gonna beat you to the punch or are you gonna beat me to the punch? I'll probably beat you to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably have some some pre-recorded episodes in here, pre-recorded videos on my channel um, with the new with the new background, mm-hmm. um, which has been pretty cool. Uh, I was able to record a few videos last week, um, which has been on my agenda to do for quite a while, and so. Oh. Yeah, excited for that, kind of launching a new podcast, or not podcast, a playlist series on my channel called uh, The Deliverance Strategy Guide, where I'm going to walk through what it looks like specifically to um, to, uh, to how to perform deliverance in a one-on-one setting, the protocols, the strategies, and so that video will be launching um, probably next week sometime as part one as kind of the intro and then I'll go through a whole entire series probably okay. maybe a five to ten part series on the depth um, and the proper strategy on how to conduct one-on-one deliverance and so that sounds cool yeah I'm excited for that yeah what are some of the topics you're gonna be hitting in the next uh, week or so um, so a couple of the topics that I will be hitting is still on the spiritual warfare series as well and so um, it'll be the next uh, video I do is going to be on the deaf and dumb spirit, um, Ooh, okay. which is what we, we said. You see that in Mark chapter nine. 
Yeah. Um, and so that's going to be coming. But when it comes to the deliverance strategy guide, just to give a little bit of a taste, it's um, with deliverance being in a more intentional atmosphere, we're able to we're able to conduct it in a way that allows us to. Um, I guess have a little bit more time for counseling, be a little bit more real and raw compared to on the prayer line. And so kind of asking the deeper questions that sometimes we don't uh, have the opportunity or time to ask when we are on prayer line. Um, And so what that looks like practically to be able to honor each other's time without over overextending ourselves and expanding over the two hours that we usually set aside for it, but to also um, what questions to ask to dig deeper. If you feel like you are stuck, you know, kind of one of the series, just a little, uh, I guess a little taste of one of them will be how to deal with stubborn demons, right? Why won't the demons leave? How do you, in a one-on-one setting, you know, how do you deal with that? Um, how do you process that with that person? You know, what legal right, what needs to be confessed, what needs to be renounced so that there can be, there can be that deeper freedom. And so you guys are seeing the camera just a little bit. We have my fiance Morgan in the studio helping with our with our headspace, so that way we're not um, that way there's not this big old big old wall here. She's gonna bring us in a little bit. And so uh, I'm just gonna adjust myself so, a little bit because uh, if I'm turning this way, yeah, I'm not speaking directly into the mic, so yeah. And so that's that's going to be exciting. If you weird. are excited for that deliverance strategy guide coming into from my channel, or if you haven't cha- uh, subscribed to my channel yet, go ahead and do so. Um, like I said, part one will be launching next week, and so then it'll be a whole entire series um, that'll roll out. Hopefully, one a one a week, or at least one every other week, um, and still nice. expanding something else that God's put on my heart is to do uh deliverance like testimonies um like that happen in a either you know on a prayer line in a small group setting or a one-on-one setting and kind of the difference of those testimonies to kind of bring diversity um to that i think is really important you know it, it just shows that whether if it was on zoom in person uh through digital deliverance um through a one-on-one setting through zoom that god can set you free um, in any circumstance that he's given. And so I that's think good. that that's going to be really powerful as well. And so still working out the kinks on how do I want to, pro- on how I want to approach that. It'll probably be an interview style kind of, um, kind of in a studio, not like this, but more of a, just uh, kind of how pastor Vlad does his online, uh, interviews and testimonies. Oh, okay. And so, very cool. yeah, that's pretty exciting as well. So that's new with me. What's going on with you? Ah, uh, well, let's see new in life or just new this week. Oh, uh, no, there's nothing really new this week, honestly. No. I think your week was a little bit more uh, productful than mine. Um, but uh, let's see, lately I've been talking about on my channel, um, I've been talking about on my channel just uh, some things that I've been going through lately. One of them is that I recently started uh, going to counseling, going to therapy. And so yeah. that's been a new journey for me, um, which it's been amazing. It's been It's been good. God is really come through uh for me in that area yeah um and i've already been experiencing um some change but also i'm not gonna lie some hardships too you really like um like i've i've been putting therapy off for you know several years mm. right and 
and it's it it was it was a it was a two it was a two way battle. Yeah. Um, I was holding myself personally back from it, mm. but also the enemy was. Yeah. The enemy did not want me to do this, mm. and so of course when I make the decision to do it, of course the enemy's not going to like that. Yeah. And so I've been getting hit hard, mm. hard, um, and it's been it's weird. It's been it's been encouraging, yeah. but it's also been um, just frustrating gotcha. at the same time. Okay. You know, frustrating the fact that, man, you know, the devil's really hitting hard. But also it's been encouraging because I know I'm in the right place. Yeah. And I know I'm making moves. I'm making good steps, big steps yeah. um, towards where I need to be and where God wants me to be. Amen. Um, and so I know I actually kind of... Uh, what wanted to ask? Let's scoot in a little bit here. Scoot in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. There we go. You didn't break my chair, did you? No, I didn't break your chair. <laughs> I swear. I'm just. I don't. Just wanna... joking, guys. Even I, if you I, broke I my chair, forgiveness is for everyone. There we go. I feel a little bit better about this. Okay. Awesome. Might want to turn it this way. That way, the mic isn't right in front of your face. What do you so mean? Push it that way, and then turn it. There you go. Okay. Hopefully, yeah. I can pick up from the side like this. Well, that blocks my face. <laughs> Stick with us, guys. There you go. The reason why it's going up is because of the cord. Is actually not spring. Here. Well, it is what it is. I would rather have it like this. There, easy on the joint there. Oh, sorry. But, all right. Okay. We got Ezekiel in the chat. Love you, Ooh, brother. Zeke. Come on. Hope you that you're feeling better as. Uh, you know, as you recover from your surgery and everything, miss you, man. I'm praying for you often so that you can just, uh, so that you can join us once again, you know, wow. at Life Group and on Sundays and that, you know, so praying for your healing to come through so that your recovery is even quicker. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, I actually wanted to ask you a question, though. What's up? So, um, what were, because I know, you have also kind of uh, gone through some um, some counseling and some therapy as well in the past. Um, did, did you also find that you ran into that problem too, where it was like it was kind of a battle as well um, during that, or was it was it more like, e easier for you? What was your experience? So my experience wasn't necessarily that it was like a battle. Um, before I went to counseling, God really dealt with me like in an inner healing um, circumstance, like in a pretty deep way, like just with him. Yeah. Um, the reason why I went through counseling was because of a specific situation that had to do with my, you know, my family. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, and that just I knew that um, I needed professional help uh, when it came to when it came to. Um, when it came to the, uh, okay, it's not showing video right now. Um, 
when it came to the, I knew I needed professional help to be able to process what just happened in my family, um, simply because it was just, it was, because it was, uh, hold on guys, stick with us, I'll just continue to talk that way, we can just keep going here, there we go, we're back on, I think we're probably pretty good. Oh dang, that's a lot better. Yep, thank you. Give a shout out to Morgan in the chat here. Thank you. I appreciate you. Okay. So, <laughs> it's a little distracting, guys, when there's so many different things going on in the room here. So we apologize for all of the, You're all good. of the, the ruckus um, that's happening, but. Yes, so I went through counseling specifically because of, of a specific family situation that happened. Um, because I knew that um, it was, I, I knew that if I didn't have professional help just with processing what had happened, um, I would have probably rather went to my old tendencies to shove it down rather to, than to expose it and to deal with it. Mm. Um, because it was fresh, that's why I feel like it was a little bit easier to do. Um, simply because um, I didn't have to uproot all of these different things True. to then bring out. You know, it was uh, it was right then and there, um, and so that that was really a blessing in itself. Um, and what was really awesome is that I decided to go through counseling, like through my uh, through my work, and I actually ended up being slotted with one of the counselors that was a believer. Oh wow! And so with Very that. That just made the conversation so much easier because she like understood that there was like a spiritual realm and she understood that um, that they that we don't fight, you know, our battles between flesh and blood, but it is against, you know, spiritual powers and principalities and darkness. Right. And yeah. so um, that was just really refreshing. I just felt like that was God really honoring the decision to go through, you know, counseling to submit you know, under, you know, any, any prideful thoughts into walking humility and understanding that, you know, that God has ordained people who have that gift, you know, mm -hmm. of to be able to counsel, to be able to help, to have that, that connection, that empathy, that sympathy, but also the background in like psychology and sociology to bring not only the spiritual into it, but the physical into it to mm -hmm. bring, you know, full healing and, and restoration to our minds and to That's our good. souls. And, um, and so I'm really, so that was, that was my kind of, uh, path. Um, Morgan and I, we went through premarital counseling as well. Um, that was a little bit different circumstances. Um, wasn't a whole lot of like, uh, pulling issues at that point. It was more of exposing, um, exposing any, I guess anything, any characteristics, any character issues, um, based on like the personality test that we took mm. and learning how to overcome and process that learning how we are similar, but learning also how we're different that way. When we do have, um, have conflict within our marriage, we know how to overcome that. We know how to go ahead and instead of fighting about it or pushing each other's buttons, addressing and knowing that, okay, these are each other's buttons, but let's not push them. Let's have that respect. Um, so that we can, you know, so that we can always end the night in conflict resolution rather than in despair. 
And so um, that was a huge blessing as well. That was, I believe, six weeks in total. Mm. And um, yeah, really, really good. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah, the, I guess the difference then is that you were dealing with more fresher uh, e- events that you were, you know, trying to overcome. Well, for me, it's definitely like much, much older stuff Yeah. Um, that have been, you know, buried deep down um, and that need to be, you know, surfaced again uh, to be able to be healed and to be dealt with. Right. Um, and so I think that's a lot of, you know, that's that's part of the pain that I'm feeling, mm-hmm. but also like the the attack from the enemy is just not helping. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm not using this as an excuse to complain, um, because I, I can't, mm-hmm. um, because honestly, um, I know that this is for the better. Yeah. Um, and that I'm actually being encouraged, um, to, to, to go deeper and to, yeah. you know, do more. So for sure. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it's a, it's a hard path having the opportunity to be one of the pastors, you know, at, at hungry gen there's situations where you put into where you need to process with people, you know, you you have to take that counseling opportunity and just being on the other side of things, going through counseling myself and knowing and acknowledging that I have to submit, you know, all my pride and all the stuff I don't really want to address, Mm -hmm. you know, up front is hard. And then, but being in the other, you know, in the other chair as, you know, more of like the counselor type perspective, it's also, um, gosh, it's, it's a, it's a, you appreciate the vulnerability and the honesty that is shared in you and the transparency. And, um, you know, with that, there's, I guess for those who are battling with the thought of if you should go through counseling or if you should not, um, I would say do it. Uh, the reason why I would say do it is because being from a counselor standpoint of view, um, as as well as going through counseling, like it builds a trust in a relationship that in my opinion is unbreakable because of the confidentiality that is shown, but because of the love and the breaking down of strongholds, but building up of like, of like the godly strongholds, the Mm -hmm. foundations and the, the truths about Jesus in it. And so uh, I feel like a lot of people fear going to counseling because they feel like either they're going to be judged, um, that the counselor at some point is going to use it against them, that it's not going to be kept confidential or plain and simple. They're not ready to have, you know, the (laughs) conversations, you know, the conversations and and the ugliness come out. Yeah. You know, it's um, because there's people who you know, who, who don't really like the idea of confessing that they've been raped or molested or abused or even in some circumstances been the abuser, been the person who's molested others, been the person who's done those different things. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's, that's difficult. Um, but it has to happen to be truly set free and to truly heal the way God wants you to heal. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, the I think the the reason why I uh neglected it for so many years is because of the stigma that Christians don't need to go through therapy mm-hmm. which is absolutely a lie yeah honestly you know um and it's not only about that human to human interaction mm-hmm. um but it's also because 
you can't do life and you can't heal mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. You have to do it with other people. Right. Um, and that's why God created us for community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's so important to have like a small group or a home group, right? Yeah. For that larger community. But just that one-on-one experience um, can bring so much depth yeah. Uh, to to yourself, and and even allow you to go deeper in relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? And the Father and the Son, um, because there's going to be areas that are going to be revealed that you might not trust mm-hmm. the Lord in. Yeah. Um, and for you to have someone else give you kind of a wake up call. Yeah. Uh to then um, cause yourself to put that trust now in the Lord mm-hmm. to help with that healing process. Yeah. That's what that connection is there for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. Because, I mean, the, the Holy Spirit can, can do whatever he wants and he can help how he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually he does it through other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes it takes another person to get you back on the right track. Yeah. With the help of the Holy Spirit rather than direct, direct. You mm-hmm. know? So, yeah, I think something that I've learned in just my process of being in more of the counselor position rather than the person being counseled is learning to not really ever give people like direction, but just to ask the right questions. Yeah. So that it's not you telling them to do something, but it's them acknowledging and realizing that they need to do something themselves. Yeah. And that way, it's not them determining their accountability or their the reason behind doing what they need to do out of someone else, but it's out of their own decision. Mm. And then when it comes to accountability, it's simply keeping them accountable for what they have chosen to do rather mm. than keeping them accountable for what you may have told them to do. Mm. And I think that that's extremely important to walk with true integrity and to walk in ownership. Um, you know, if you came to me and said, Casey, I really need accountability in this area, you know, I'm like, okay, great. You know, I will be accountable. I will hold you accountable for what you have just said. Right. You know, um, if I went to you and said, Brian, I'm going to hold you accountable for this area. Um, in your mind, you might not have thought that that was appropriate or if, um, or if maybe you couldn't uphold the standard or the expectation that I have given you. But if it comes out of your mouth of what you want to do, then as a leader, as a brother, I can hold you accountable to that in a more organic way because it's not anything that I'm telling you. I'm not the one being hard on you. I'm just holding you accountable for what you have said. It's true. And so, uh. I think that that's something that's extremely important because it's like, you know, you come to a brother and you say, hey, you know, did you do what I told you to do? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. And there's not this like, you know, I guess true like shift in their heart, Mm -hmm. you know. But if I come to say, hey, I know that you wanted to, you know, uh, be more in your word. I know that you wanted to wake up for morning prayer. You know, what did that look like this week? How did you make those goals that you have set for yourself? And you could say yes, or you could say no, but that's not, uh, oh, I didn't meet Casey's expectation. No, I didn't meet my own expectation that I felt from the Lord calling me to do so Mm -hmm. I could have a deeper relationship with him, right? It brings reverence back into it. It brings, 
you know, discipline back into it, not out of, you know, not out of a, of a, just a, a discipline that doesn't lack intimacy, but to work towards the steps of deeper intimacy, in deeper intimacy, yeah. you know, so we can go from, you know, discipline to sacrifice to then obedience, you know, something that I've asked, you know, you as a part of my tribe and, and everyone as a part of my tribe is to be more, uh, you know, engaged in morning prayer on Fridays since that's when I'm asked to be there and so that we can just develop that morning, that that prayer life together as a brotherhood, right? Um, but I think I would have I would have been a hypocrite if I told you guys to do that and I had never showed up, you know? Um, but also uh, kind of like, for example, like, you know, uh, Fidel and Ivan, you know, recently said, you know, it's like I do want to and even Chewy, um, they said, you know, I do want to engage more in morning prayer, not because like I'm telling them to, but because they truly enjoy it. They can receive it. Even Morgan, like she, uh, she was there on Friday morning. She's like, you know, like, like I've, I've, I know that I need to be more disciplined because God is shifting my heart and God wants me to be more intentional with this prayer time. And this is an avenue to do that. Mm. And I think we lose sight, especially with hungry generation of the reality that there's a whole lot of churches that do not open their doors Monday through Friday for morning prayer, that they don't have a prayer life founded, you know, on, you know, just besides on Sundays. Yeah. Um, growing up, there was only one church that I was a part of that it wasn't Monday. It wasn't throughout the week. It wasn't Monday through Friday, but there was an intercessory team that prayed in a room before service. But that was that was it. And so I think once we look back at that, you know, it's like, oh, wow, like, like, let's not take for granted the opportunities that are right in front of us when it comes to prayer. And that's something that God has really been ministering to me is let's not look at it as a, oh, I have to do this. No, I get to do this mm. because what negative can come from going and spending intentional time with the Holy Spirit on a Friday morning? You know, mm -hmm. to start the weekend, to start refreshed, to start, uh, even if you work on Fridays, like just with prayer in that morning. Yeah, because I'll be completely honest. It's a lot harder for me to pray and to be disciplined at home than it is um, if I go if I go to church. I don't I don't hold my phone at, you know, when I'm at morning prayer, but there might be those little distractions, you know, in you know, at home. Mm -hmm. And I know that when, uh, God kind of revealed this, it's like, Casey, you like discipline at home. And it's like, he's like, how you overcome that is you're disciplined, you know, by attending morning prayer. And then you implement that prayer life at your home, mm -hmm. you know, really establishing your home as a house of prayer mm -hmm. so that at any time you can go into any of your rooms, go into that secret place and just soak and just mm -hmm. pray into worship. And it's like, but you have to be disciplined in some area first in order to get there. Right, and, right. and for me, you know, what God spoke to me is that is through morning prayer. And then it seemed like a few weeks later or whatever, Pastor Flat's like, hey, pastors, you know what we're going to do? We're going to sign two pastors every day, Monday through Friday, to, to set the foundation. Mm -hmm. We can't ask our sheep, right? We can't ask the people under us to be committed to morning prayer if we're not engaged in it ourselves. It's and true. so... Um, yeah, so that's really been uh, kind of life-changing for me over these last few weeks. Um, I almost look, uh, 
I, I looked, I look forward to morning prayer and there are times, you know, like when I am on overtime where I don't get to go and it, it does make me a little bit sad, you know, um, just because it's like, it's, I, I love being able to see who's there. I love, uh, taking that time to pray over my 10 prayer points that I have, but to also look around and to pray over the people and then to engage in that corporate prayer at the end of it, because it's just so to me, just corporate prayer and mass prayer coming together, whether if it's brothers and sisters of Christ, whether if it's at tribe or at life group, there's just so much power in unity, you know, when it comes to prayer. And so that's something that I feel like the Holy Spirit's really been asking me to go deeper in is just that deep prayer life and, mm -hmm. and really bringing reverence into it, you mm -hmm. know, distraction free, not just praying, but also taking the time to listen so that he can not only hear me out, but then he can speak to me and he can respond to me. Mm. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, something you mentioned that kind of, uh, that kind of spoke to me a little bit is that you, for you, you mentioned something about, um, you were having like those little distractions on, on your phone or whatever, like you would have at your house. But if you took it to the church, there's that expectation, no phones, right? Mm -hmm. And so that helped build a distraction-free prayer time, mm -hmm. um, which I think is, is is cool. And I think that can be uh, implemented to other areas in our life. If you're experiencing um, sort of hurdles or distractions um, in a certain place, uh, uh, when you're trying to do a certain task or accomplish something, mm -hmm. try and take what you're trying to accomplish and put it in a different scenario or put it in a different atmosphere yeah. um, that would force those distractions to be put aside. Yeah. Um, and then you would start experiencing growth. And then when you experience that gro growth and discipline, then you can put it back to the place that you originally intended to, to grow in right? or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it can even be seen as something that is not even associated with prayer at all. I mean, yeah. being a, you know, a college graduate, right? Um, for me, I did the majority of my homework at home, but there's a lot of college students that, uh, that that's not the right environment, that there are too many distractions. So they either change their environments, like what you're saying, they either go to a coffee shop, or they go to the library, or they go to another facility to where it's not as it's not as um, it's not as accepted to have all of these distractions going around. Mm. You know, you don't play music out loud in the library. You don't. It, it's kind of weird if you're at the library, but all you're doing is sitting on your phone. You know, yeah. you can't catch up on. It's just not the right circumstance to catch up on your Netflix show. <laughs> right. You know, at at the library and these different things and and so just yeah, just like you're saying, it's like here are these couple examples where we need to probably reflect in our lives of. Where am I being not as intentional as where I could be? Yeah. And the symbol, the matter of fact is, is when you're less distracted and more intentional with whatever task you're doing, that task will be a better product. It'll be yeah higher quality and you'll spend less time on that product because all the time that you're spending into it is distraction free. Yeah. And, um, and that's just something that, yeah. Um, that I've learned over these last few years of obviously in college, but also in, um, at the, in the workplace, you know, when I'm given a project, um, I'm not, I'm not gonna 
sit there and have all of this music or these different things, just different distractions as if I'm writing a report, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm listening to a podcast and writing a report, what am I really focusing on? Yeah. And it's like, am I listening? Am I hearing? Wow, that was a really good quote. You know, it was like, where was that scripture or whatever? And then I look at, I'm probably writing what I'm listening to <laughs> and then I have to restart, you know, it's that's like funny. being able to proofread or like, you know, set that. It's like, but you know, that's one situation, right? You know, of a podcast, but then let's say that, um, because I'm in a cubicle setting, being able to put my earbuds in and maybe listen to instrumental and mm. to focus on exactly what I need that's right in front of me that allows me to, even though I'm in a cubicle setting, I'm still available and still able to be, um, you know, I guess diverted in a sense if needed. But when I am focused on that project, it has my full attention rather than all of these different distractions. And so um, as we incorporate just that simple thing into out of the practical into the spiritual, I think that, you know, the growth and where God can take you with that is just it's limitless. That's that's uh, funny you mentioned where um, like you'd be you'd be typing what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. I, I experienced that in, um, like in in high school and in middle school when I'm typing an essay, mm-hmm. I'll be listening to lyrical music and then I'll st- like I'll just be like my mind will tune out of what I'm trying to type and tune into what I'm listening to. Mm. And I'll just because I um, I, w- I was taught to type without looking. Mm-hmm. So I can type and just look at my computer screen. Right. But if I'm paying attention to something else, I all start typing what I'm listening to. Yeah. Um, and th- I had to do the same thing. I had to take out lyrical music and I can only listen to um, like instrumental music. That's yeah. why whenever I'm studying, whenever I'm reading a book or mm-hmm. whenever I'm doing some sort of thing that requires my um, you know, attention, I will always listen to only instrumental music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Um, I wanted to speak to something that you also mentioned is that being intentional in this in 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 the space and the task that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some what are some ways that you that you can be more intentional with what you're doing? For example, in in my work lately, I have fallen into the habit of of being distracted by my phone. Mm. and just and scrolling through reels when it's slow and when yeah. I have downtime. When I, when I don't actually have downtime, I mm-hmm. could be doing something productive right. um, to, to, to better my workplace, to, to get caught up on something, to do whatever. Yeah. Um, and I have. I've fallen into this, this habit of, of checking my phone whenever there's a, a notification. And then just last week, um, I haven't fully implemented it yet, but I found... On my phone, on on iPhones, you can um, you can put your phone into sleep mode. Mm-hmm. You can put your phone into work mode, or you can put your phone into like personal time mode. Or you can set different modes for your phone, right. and it will um, it will change uh, your phone's um, uh, way of doing things to. Uh, I get not compensate, but to help you um, be either less distracted or more distracted. Mm-hmm. And um, the the work uh, the work mode on my phone um, basically cancels out any notifications that are not work related. So mm-hmm. like 
except for like emails or phone calls, basically. Mm. Um, and so I can, I can dial in whatever I need to, and I'm going to be implementing that starting on Monday. Yeah. And I'm actually going to see how that, how that affects my, uh, my work ethic and how, and how much stuff I can actually get done with that. Yeah. Um, cause I'm not liking the way I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not liking the road I'm heading down. Mm. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, cause I, I, I hate nothing more than not being productive. Mm-hmm. Um, I deep down inside, I have a, I have a need to be productive and busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I can fall into that habit of, of just kind of like, you know, draining myself away to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think to answer your question of, you know, how do you also, you know, that's one example of, you oh, know, yeah. how we, you know, how we can, uh, you know, help assist of nailing down or, or cutting out the distractions. But I think another big one is to set time, uh, time, you know, time frames out for tasks, right? Mm. You know, um, like, let's say I am working on a report, but my deadline's a few weeks out. But let's say I'm going to designate two hours to that report, depending on the size of the report, right, you know, per week until it's, you know, started. Okay. Mm. I work four days a week. So that means a half an hour of non-distracted intentional time working on that report, you know, every day. And then actually setting those time slots in my calendar that say, you know what, this is my task for today and knocking that out, Mm. you know, like last Thursday, is when I recorded the videos and that's when Morgan, um, you know, that's the time Morgan and I set out, you know? And so it was like, that was on the agenda. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, we're going, we're going to do this. We're going to have dinner. We're going to sit down. We're going to record videos. And that's, that was our task. You know, last mm-hmm. night when I bought the supplies for the studio, it was like, okay, we're going to, um, do what we need to do. We're going to go to Lowe's. We're going to get it, you know, and then we're going to, you know, and then we're going to come in and unload the stuff and setting those time frames. And with that, you can either have the structured time frame of like, this is the specific intentional time that I'm doing this, or you can be a little loose with this as well. After this, I don't know how long this is going to take, but I know that this needs to happen, right? you know, and that prevents distraction. Even with you know, so something that I'm learning like with Morgan and different stuff is like the difference between intentionally setting a date up or, you know, or just hanging out. Right. Mm. And so usually, you know, intentionally setting a date up means that there's not as much, you know, uh, like phones involved. Right. Because it's intentional. This is sitting right in front. We're sitting right in front of each other, either over dinner or whatever. And that's the intentionality. And we know that you know, our dates, you know, usually consist of food. And so we'll usually go and I'll pick her up or whatever, and we'll go to dinner and that, you know, whether if it's something that we want to show each other, it's when our phones pulled out, but usually our phones are to the side so that we can have that intentionality, right? You know, rather than if we're just hanging out here, you know, and it's not like a server, like a, like a serious conversation or something that we need to discuss, you know, the phones can be out in this different things. And this can be applied to any time you set up a, either a work appointment, you know, or um, when there's during training or even personal appointments, like with friends, right, you know, kind of putting those distractions aside that way you can hear, you can listen, and you can, um, and you can just, yeah, you can, you can make the best of that time. Mm. You know, there are times where, uh, I think growing up, you know, it's like, oh, hey, you want to come over? Yeah, let's come over, you know, come over, we'll hang out. And there's nothing planned, which is fine. 
and then but your mom comes home and it's like what'd you guys do all day oh nothing <laughs> you know we were on our phones so you're just kind of hanging out together on your phones right which you know there's a season and for that or whatever but just like you're saying of like productivity and uh you know the desire to be more productive um it's like okay you know it's like if you and i for example set a time to go have dinner like we know that that dinner is going to be around an hour hour and a half you know and that's intention free or that's not intention free that's distraction free Mm -hmm. so that we can make the most of the intentionality there you know, I think that if you came to me and you said, Casey, I really need to talk to you about something and I'm scrolling on my phone. Yeah. What's up? What do you need to say? You know, and you know, that's not going to make you feel very loved. That's no. not going to make you feel like I'm actually listening to you. That's not going to make you feel um, that you can come back to me. And that's what we don't want, you know, as especially as leaders. And so um, doing that with if it's project based or relationship based has um, really improved, I feel like, my overall productivity when it comes to ministry, when it comes to work, um, and when it comes to hobbies. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, in the chat, if any of you guys have any questions you want to ask us, feel free because uh, uh, we're going to go on for a little bit longer. If you guys have any questions to ask, go ahead and and send them in um, anything, anything you want, as long as it's faith-based. And, yeah. Or any, it doesn't have to be faith-based necessarily, but, you know, something that we can we can answer for you. Yeah. And, you know, something that Brian and I were talking about earlier um, as we were thinking of just what we want to talk about was, you know, where the Lord is taking us in the Word. And so um, share with us, um, where, where, what part of the Bible are you in right now? Mm-hmm. And we're going to share ours as well and what the Lord's been uh, highlighting to us. And so, Brian, you want to go first? Um, well, I don't, I don't have anything particularly in, the, in Scripture that the Lord is highlighting to me. Mm. Um, but lately, um, the Lord has been really uh, kind of guiding me back to where he wants me to focus my efforts and and attention um because lately i've been getting not not gonna lie kind of overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with all that's going around all that's going on in the world um and it's kind of put me into kind of a place of complacency and stagnancy Mm. Um, because I'm like, well, the world's going to end soon. (laughs) Maybe, maybe in our lifetime, I'm not putting too much effort or too much attention on when it's just that looming feeling that, that feeling that it is going to happen soon. So my, I'm not making moves and efforts towards my dreams and goals. Mm. I'm lacking, I'm losing motivation because I'm starting to question where should I prioritize my time? Mm-hmm. Where should I prioritize my energy? Mm. Um, and so it's kind of been a battle in my mind and, my, and the Lord's been really, and, and I've, I've been, I've been fighting, but I've been giving, I've been giving in as well. Yeah. The Lord, the Lord has been guiding, redirecting my attention back to um, the fact that um, don't pay attention to the time part. Mm. Um, even, even the Lord is pressing upon my heart 
that time in and of itself doesn't really matter. Um, you can still accomplish what I have planned for you mm-hmm. and what I want you to, which is for your good, plans to prosper you mm-hmm. in this time frame. Because he knows all time. He knows when you're going to be born into this earth and he knows when you're going to go out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has established the steps. Right. We are, it says in Proverbs, we, we make the plans, but he establishes the steps in accordance with his will so that our plans fall into alignment with what he wants us to do. Right. Um, and so I don't have to worry necessarily about, you know, whether or not I'm going to accomplish my goals or accomplish the dreams that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Because it, as long as m- if my goals and dreams are in alignment with God's will and I am in consistent surrender to him, mm-hmm. he already has that timeline figured out. So I don't have to worry about the time. Right. Now, you know, there is a healthy aspect to um, the, uh, not necessarily the fear, but the knowing that, um, we are in, you know, we are in closer to the end times mm-hmm. that things are starting to happen. The birth pains are starting to get quicker mm-hmm. and more, more heavy, more painful. Um, and there is a healthy, uh, knowing a healthy, um, uh, quickening in your spirit to, to get things done or to, um, or to start focusing more attention on certain things. Yeah, that is that is healthy. Um, but I now have to ask myself: Okay, am I am I prioritizing the right things? Mm-hmm. Um, is is this is this area of my life that I'm putting more attention towards? Is that really necessary? What other areas of my life am I lacking attention that those areas need prioritization? during this time mm-hmm. um, when I'm feeling that quickening in my spirit. Yeah. Um, so that's something that the Lord is really, really trying to um, um, guide me towards. Gotcha. Lately. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know, I think that uh, just to speak into, you know, some of the things that you are talking about, it's like, just because like, there is, we know and acknowledge that we are getting closer to the end times um, we still have to approach it in the circumstance of like a biblical soon, right? You know, it's like, when's Jesus coming back? Soon, mm. you know. Here we are 2,000 years later. <laughs> and um, and like with that, it's because, you know, the Bible says that he will come like a thief in the night, right? It's like, well, you know, just in the aspect of pursuit, right? Like if you're pursuing career or even relationships, it's like for me, um, I think there was a part of me uh, just like being an environmental science major, it was so depressing because all I felt like we ever heard about was how the world was just going to destroy itself, you know? (laughs) And it's like, man. (laughs) And I look back on that. I'm like, wow. Like if I didn't have Jesus, you know, my senior year, how quick would I have went into like a deep depression? How quick would I have probably dismissed my goals and my you know desires simply because well what's the point you know i'm it's it's all going it's all going down anyways and but then you look about the practical desires right it's like well 
I can't desire to be a husband and to be a father, but don't desire to be able to provide, you know? And I was like, that was a, that was a good gut check and reality check for me. It's like, okay, I still want to desire these things that, you know, that I could have until God comes back, until Jesus comes back. But why, you know, it's like, but I kind of have to desire these other things in order to make that, you know, come into fruition. And mm -hmm. I think that that helped me kind of reset my mind of like, okay, like, I'm going to live the life that God has, you know, that I have desired, that God has um, put those desires in me, you know, and push towards those goals. And when he comes, he comes. Great. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. At least I know that I am doing everything that I can, you know, for like my family and for my, you know, friends and for the kingdom, you know, in the meantime. And that's like, I think that for me, I guess just being really seeing like my mom and like my dad and my sister and like just my family uh who's close to me they've always um you know instilled goals and speak and spoke life into me and to see like my brother-in-law and my sister start their own business you know i think was even another encouragement of like you know what like it doesn't matter that um you know jason spent 15 years in one place you know, like that, or it, it wasn't for nothing that he did, like those skills and everything that came with that brought, um, the knowledge and the wisdom that he was unable to then start his business, mm. you know, and looking at it, it's like the time that we have right now isn't time wasted. And, um, there's still things that we can do for the kingdom. There's still things that we can, uh, you know, look for, um, kind of like with Morgan and I, right. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, we're pursuing marriage, we're pursuing growing and building a family, you know, and but whenever Jesus comes back, we know that that's amazing as well. And it's like, but the forefront of our mind is, let us be available. Yeah. And um, yeah. Um, something that God has been revealing uh, in the like, I've just been going through Romans, like when Paul, you know, first gets to Rome and all those different things. And that's been hitting hard. But uh have you did you ever did you watch pastor vlad's uh uh live with jonathan khan who wrote the um the return of the gods no oh my gosh man and Is it so good? oh yeah so uh someone kind of gifted me the book the return of the gods oh and just because of the title i was like i don't know if this is the right season maybe i'll you know i kind of put it on my shelf i was like i'll i'll get it later but after listening to uh to that, to that live stream, re-listening to it, and then listening to a couple of the smaller segments that are within it, I was like, you know what? It just struck that fire to read it and to learn, and I think I'm already about to read chapter seven or something, and it's short chapters, but it's like, it's good. And so, just really brings the reality into knowing and acknowledging, you know, the principalities and the demonic forces that we're fighting right here today rather than knowing and understanding that uh that you know um knowing and understanding that it's not just things that are happening physical that usually every like that that the majority of things have a spiritual presence between them or you know behind them that manifests in the physical so what's ezekiel saying here uh oh did our stream end no we're still going Okay. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm watching 
like I'm watching one screen and then watching the other. Yeah. Um, our live stream is a little glitchy only because of I think the the uh, keyframe interval, but um, it's it is what it is. Yep. But yeah, so tell me a little bit about the the book, what it's about, because so, I no, I have no idea. And for so those of, I like, haven't that, I haven't like I said I'm still pretty early on, uh-huh. um, but it addresses the principalities and the demonic spiritual beings that had power in regions and different stuff like during the time of Jesus and how um you know they they left you know um as Jesus Christ you know conquered them on the cross but we're seeing patterns and the uh, characteristics and their influence penetrate today's world again like there's a spirit behind, you know, like homosexuality, like the LGBTQ, you know, and, you know, it's 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 deep, it's demonic um, and things like that. And we're seeing that manifest in our culture today. You know, we know that as the Bible was being written, that homosexuality is a sin that, you know, and we have scripture to back that up. Um, and there was a time to where it wasn't as relevant, you know, um, but now we see that that the influence of the LGBTQ is just diving deeper and deeper and deeper into our into this generation and yeah. into the generations that are you know that are young. Yeah. You know, we are literally seeing parents who are all for their kids and you know choosing their own gender. You know, and that leaves someone with a loss of identity, yeah. and that's detrimental. And it's because of this principality, you know, this, the spiritual being that is having this influence on this culture. Um, and so it addresses things like that. Um, something to stir the curiosity of whoever is watching is that there's something called the dark Trinity. And, um, I don't know all the details, um, off the top of my head, but go check that video out because it, it really brings a lot of awareness and exposure and how to pray, and discern what someone, you know, what, what demon or what principality may have influenced their life and changed their circumstance, like changed their perspective and twisted their thoughts on, you know, on how the world operates rather than how God has always desired the world to operate. And that's in communion mm-hmm. with him, not out mm-hmm. of separation and opposition. Right. Yeah. Okay. Man, that's... Uh, glad someone's talking about it because, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of Christians are just not uh, they're ignorant of of the of the whole principalities thing. Mm-hmm. They don't really know what that verse means. We do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities. What are principalities mm-hmm. and why do we have to bring them down? Principalities are other gods that have dominion over certain areas they have mm-hmm. influence over certain areas mm-hmm. like you know um hindu and buddhist gods are still very prevalent today mm-hmm. um they are the they are the influence behind new age they are the western or eastern religion eastern gods eastern principalities they are influencers of the new age movement yeah um and all that and so um the only the only way um the the only way the kingdom of god is going to get um a foothold uh in those uh 
in those areas, in those nations, yeah. is if we come against the principalities, is if we come against, you know, the influences over, over that. Mm-hmm. That's why we can't just say, you know, we can't, we can't just go up to someone who practices New Age and, 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 and say, um, um, it's not just as simple as inviting them over to the other side and then them making the decision oh yeah, I'm just going to come over the other side without knowing what's actually behind how they're being influenced and then dealing with that root problem mm-hmm. and then being delivered from it and then being able to make the decision to come over, you know, to to the other side because they don't know, you know, it's, it's going from one influence to another. Well, I think it starts with sharing the gospel, right? You know, well, the, yeah. You know, and it's, you know, as you, um, because it's like, you know, and just to clarify, you know, for those who are watching, it's... Um, it's not about, you know, bringing down the principalities of like praying against them because we know that that we war against them, but how we penetrate their kingdom, their region, their culture is through the sharing of the gospel and bringing yeah. the truth. And uh, um, and when we do that, you know, it's like God's truth is is the truth. It's not a truth. And it comes against a truth, you know, at a so much, you know, a higher level than, you know, than a truth. And um with that you know what you're saying right it's like yeah it's like hey like what you are saying is like you know it's it's it is you know what you are following what you're doing in new age these different things like you know like you are not in agreement with not like with the god you might be in an agreement with a god or gods but that's lowercase g, not upper, not uppercase g, who is Yahweh, who is yeah. the one and only Yahweh out of all of the Elohim, you yeah. know, and um, and that's something that, you know, yeah, and I completely agree that the way you effectively bring people out of that is to have knowledge and understanding of how it operates in a demonic way to understand you know so that they so for you can understand so that they may understand that you know the temporary peace or fulfillment that they are getting through let's say these yoga retreats or these different things isn't you know like how long are you going to continue to try and do those things until you realize that it's only a temporary satisfaction rather than a true full fulfillment in your spirit you know Mm -hmm. you know and uh because like it says, like our spirit is, you know, like it is dead until like we receive the Holy Spirit and then we are brought to life, you know, and it's like, it's like, you know, when, when are we going to, um, you know, and it's just about having the right topic. And I, it's really cool to have, you know, someone like Everett and even Hannah that are a part of Hungry Generation, you know, to expose that and to bring the reality and the perspective. It's like, hey, I was there. I did that was certified you know in yoga yet um i was never truly fulfilled yeah you know there wasn't ever true like you know ever it talks about how he was you know um trying to do like pretty much like non-christian like exorcism right you know like uh i forgot the the specific term but it's like a like a spirit extraction specialist or something like that and a demon would literally manifest, but the demon didn't have to leave. And the person left worse than, than when they first got there mm-hmm. um, because of that, you know. Yeah. And that put ever on the path to continue to search for power. And then he comes across Bob Larson, right? And his whole entire life is just, 
you know, transform through that, you know, through that experience and that revelation of where the true power comes from. And, um, but you can't know and understand that like Everett, you know, without, you know, having that background in new age, you know, like he, like, you know, he could learn about new age. He can understand like what we can do, but the way he can reach them at a deeper level is because he knows exactly how they used to operate. But now he knows like that those were lies and can completely, uh, share the gospel and the truths of Jesus in a way that, um, that brings the fulfillment that they're, that they're searching for. Mm. And it's, uh, yeah, really, really powerful. That's good. All right, guys. Again, if you have any questions, go ahead and leave them in the comments. Um, I see anything else that, um, God's been highlighting to me lately. Um, oh no, yeah, the the whole um, being, you know, the whole like being in the in the um, last days kind of scenario um, did really get kind of get to me yeah. a lot lately. Um, but I think I think I'm coming over on the other side of that, um, just because I had to remind myself I don't have a spirit of fear, yeah. you know. And it's um, it's not I don't I I ain't got no time for that. I ain't got no time for that. <laughs> I ain't got Come no on. time for that. Um, you know, and and, it, and I had to ask myself why why am I getting down about it when I actually should be getting a quickening in my spirit to do more, mm -hmm. to do better, right? to do, you know, um, to do better with myself, not in the whole like works thing, but do like, just be a better person to do better things. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, to really pursue the better version of myself to where then I could, I could be of more help and, um, help to other people and the spreading of the gospel. Right. Um, and so I, I had to ask myself that question. I think that's something we all should be asking mm -hmm. right now because I'm, I know I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one that's getting overwhelmed by what's going on lately. Yeah. We're on the verge of world war three people. You know, I, I got no time to, to be fearful of that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if that does happen, what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. You might get drafted. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would rather be on the front lines of, of spreading the gospel than on actual physical war. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. I would not make a good soldier <laughs> physically. I can make a good soldier spiritually, just not physically. Yeah. Right? But... Um, anything else that the Lord's been highlighting to you, Casey? You know, I think uh, something that he's been highlighting, and it kind of goes along the lines with prayer, um, with what we talked about, but the fruit of prayer um, is sanctification, right? You know, as of consecration. And, you know, prayer and spending that intentional time of prayer is consecrating before the Lord. Um, but something that John Vivier mentioned in, I believe in his book called, um, the awe of God, which I plan on reading soon is, um, is that 
uh, there is consecration, and he shares an example about how he would go on and he would pray for hours at a time at a secret place, and, he, and that you know that was a consecration, you know, at Jesus's feet, right? But then when he would go to preach and he would go to do these things, he just didn't feel like a deeper anointing. Like there wasn't like miracle signs and wonders. He's like, God, I'm praying for this. And what God revealed, what the Holy Spirit revealed was that he was still accepting certain sins in his life and accepting sins in others. So he was consecrating himself before the Lord. But he was not sanctifying himself. He was not mm. ridding himself with the impurities mm. um, to then move in more holiness, you know, in a greater anointing that brings the miracles, signs, and wonders. Mm. And something, you know, that's just like having that serious prayer. It's like, God, like, you know, highlight the areas of my life where I am not as sanctified as I could be. You know, mm. where are the impurities, impurities in my life? Because... Uh, I heard, you know, I just heard this the other day. It's like how it's like literally all day, every day through social media, through TV, through these different things, our minds are getting just all of these, you know, like impurities flushed into them or pushed into them. But what are, what are we doing to flush them out? How, what are we doing to renew our mind to continue to be sanctified, um, before the Lord so that, so that he can, so that we can be more in alignment with his spirit so that when we go to give someone a word of knowledge that we're not fighting doubt, that we know without a doubt it is the Holy Spirit that is giving you that word of knowledge so you can speak that truth and to bring that life into them. Hmm. And, you know, and so it's praying that that deeper prayer. And once John Vivere, um realized what was happening of how he was you know accepting sin in his own life and accepting accepting sin in others lives and he says decided to cut that out what then came next was the true understanding of the reverence of god that we have to hold mm. of not just doing something because we know it's bad but doing something because we know it has a potential to grieve the holy spirit we know it has the potential to not allow us to walk in true full alignment with his spirit so that we can be used by him through him he has given us the power but through that power you know we have to fight our soul and our flesh in order to to move you know with the power of the holy spirit in a more pure tangible way mm -hmm. and you know and if we're not carrying ourselves you know with the reverence of God with knowing understanding that, you know, that like he didn't have to send Jesus, but he did, you know, and because of that, we need to honor him. We need to respect him. We need to revere him as the king of kings, as God, as like as the king and as us as the servants so that we can uh, we can be used as a vessel that we are in a more tangible way. Um, you know, it's like I receive a few different prophecies about, hey, your ministry is going to expand. Like, you know, you're going to grow in deeper giftings in these different areas. And I'm like, okay, hallelujah. You know, like that's awesome. Praise God. But God, what do I need to do on my part to make sure that this comes to fruition? Hmm. You know, what impurities do need to be exposed, need to be set on fire and surfaced so that they can be cleansed out so that I can be used as a more pure vessel for you. So... I can move in, in greater gifting. So I can, 
you know, so my anointing, you know, can increase in these different areas so I can move in more boldness, more strength, more peace and faith so that when someone does come to me and say, hey, you know what, Um, I've been dealing with, let's say, you know, I was just diagnosed with cancer. Um, It's like, I know God can heal me and God highlighted you to me. Will you please pray for me? Will you will you lay your hands on me and command this sickness to leave, command this cancer to leave? And I want to be at a place to where given that opportunity, knowing and acknowledging that God can use me in that moment, that he is the healer, not myself. And like having that faith that, you know what, because of that obedience, you will be healed in Jesus name and speaking and decreeing and declaring that and seeing it happen. But it comes with sanctification. It comes with the renewing of the mind and having that reverence of God of like of knowing and understanding that he gave stuff to steward well and how we steward what he gave us well is simply by obedience by sanctification and by consecration so that we're not focused on just us but we're focused on him Mm. and so uh yeah i know that was a lot but that's a part of uh part of what he's been been laying laying down i think that's so good because i think that is the most um uh important attitude and mindset to have as a minister of the gospel because um you know god can use a a prophet to speak a lot of things into your life Mm -hmm. and that's great that's an avenue avenue that he can use Mm -hmm. but the enemy can use that as well Mm -hmm. the enemy can use a prophet of God to, to speak things into your life, uh, for, um, for, for not so good reasons. So go deeper to, with that. So what I'm I, saying, cause yeah, explain, I know, yeah. explain that. So for, for example, <laughs> um, so the, so the Lord can use the avenue of, of, of a prophet to speak prophetically over your life and to, for encouragement and edification. Um, and, um, and it all depends on you who is on the receiving end of that prophetic word, um, to then, um, replay it back to the Lord for discernment mm-hmm. and for, and for clarification. Um, if you are on the receiving end, um, which is, um, and you are in the mindset and attitude of, um, having pride which is the exact opposite of what Casey is explaining right now, because he is taking this as an opportunity to be like, okay, the Lord's giving me more tools and the Lord is setting me up for receiving more gifts, receiving more strength, receiving more boldness to be able to accomplish what the Lord has placed purposefully in in your life. Mm -hmm. That's coming from a mindset of, okay, what do I need to do to prepare my heart, to prepare my spirit for receiving those things so I'm not in an attitude of pride to where if I do receive those things, I'm going to use it for my own good and not for the good of the Father. Right. Um, and so the enemy can use what is spoken through uh, a prophet of God to, um, because he knows that if you are prideful, he can speak those things into your life and you will, and you will use it for your own good and not for the good of of what God has intended that prophetic word to use, be used for. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're saying is that a prophet, you know, of God can speak that word, but the enemy can take that word that has been spoken 
and twist it to where it can actually pull you farther from God rather than closer to God. Yes. Okay. Yes. And this is actually speaking from personal experience too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I got caught up in the whole prophetic thing. And yes, it did pull me more away from God because I got haughty Mm -hmm. about it. Um, I, you know, it, it kind of became a, um, a trophy for me, Mm -hmm. like saying, I have the big gift of prophetic. I have the gift of healing. I have all these things that, you know, you like, look at me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a brief season and I'm glad it was brief, um, because I learned, I learned my lesson from it. Yeah. Um, but it really humbled myself as I saw other people abusing the prophetic words that they were given as well yeah, and doing the same thing that I was starting to do. And then their ministry just going down the hill. Mm-hmm. And so again, pointing back to what you're saying, I think it is the most important and the most safe mindset and attitude to have when you receive all these prophetic words, how are you going to prepare your heart and your spirit for when you do receive and those things do come to pass. Right. How are you going to use it to better the kingdom and to fall more into alignment with the will of God rather than use those things to um, reaffirm yourself? Yep. Just reaffirm your pride, you know, and all that thing. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good mindset to yeah. have. You know, I think just a practical example is in the essence of like getting pr- prophetic words that are associated with you know, let's say my ministry expanding, uh, for one example. And it's like, okay, God, like, what do I need to do practically? Mm-hmm. You know? And he's like, yes, you have social media, you have a YouTube, but you don't have a platform for people to like truly connect. And, um, that's why I built a website, you know? And I was like, and he was like, he's like, that's what you need. You need a place you need a platform to where people can reach out to you to connect so that like there's that one primary place and then everything else can be associated with it. Yeah. And it's like, God's not going to make a website for me. You know, like I have to do that. Yeah. And so Morgan and I did that, you know, and, um, and, and so now like that was being obedient and it, it starts with a simple, simple tool like that. Okay. Hey, now I have this website and guess what? You have a connect page, you have a subscribe page, you have these different things to where whatever question or comment that they need to, that they need to, um, that they have for me, prayer request, whatever, they now have a specific avenue that they can come and reach me at. And that was simply just that being a little obedient. And, you know, I just checked the other day and there's people who subscribe, you know, to like my like mailing list that I, um, don't know if I've ever, you know, interfaced with them before. And that's kind of cool, you know, because that's, cool. that's, that's expanding just the, just the, the reach, mm-hmm. um, sending out monthly, quarterly newsletters of just updates of what God's been doing, you know, just kind of continues to build the kingdom of heaven, yeah. um, and testimonies and stuff and stuff. It, it's like, so it doesn't always have to be like, you need to cut this, this, this out. Sometimes we have to do something. It's mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know what? Like, um, there's been, certain prophecies and you know i'm sure you've received them as well as just like hey i see that you go that you're going to sometime minister like let's say in this other country it's like okay cool hallelujah what do i have to do to make that happen you know is, uh, is it just waiting and knowing that god may have 
an opportunity set aside for the future or is it actually him putting such a burden on your heart for that let's say that that city you know that he um that he wants you to connect with someone there and what he does is that he might place the person from that city in your life and but then it's up to you to then reach out to them and to say hey god has put it on my heart to do this how can we come together to pray you know and to 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 see a move of god in your city you know to see people saved to see people healed delivered um and i think it's all just about spending that intentional time in prayer of like god like hey like i am ready to to see this prophecy come to fruition for your glory what do i have to do um i want to share something before we end and it has to do with uh prophet jeremiah johnson and um he shared this on his Facebook page the other day, and I thought it was just so powerful, is because what he used to do is he used to bring people up and and prophesy to them. Like he could bring literally anyone up in the congregation, and God would reveal and prophesy. Um, and God, like, pretty much like rebuked him pretty hard, like convicted him pretty hard. He said, you are fielding my children sugar. And if you continue to feed my children sugar, their teeth will fall out. It's like what I need you to do, you know, like prophetically is Mm -hmm. to preach the gospel prophetically, to address things prophetically, to expose things prophetically, and to see other gifts of the Holy Spirit and other miracles come to fruition that are in a line meant with. Now, he still does that every once in a while, but that's not the whole basis of to when he goes and travels. He preaches. He lays his hands on the sick. You know, he sees the healings. He sees deliverance. He sees these things, and that aligns with it. He's just not just a prophet. He's so much more than a prophet. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, how often do we see the term, you know, prophets for profit you know mm-hmm. uh and what do they do they're feeding you sugar you yeah, know that's true um and but that's not you know that's not as fully you know what is i can just sit here and i can receive all these prophetic words and i can be so but but my teeth are gonna be rotten because there's not gonna be like any action you know with it yeah you know it's just gonna be uh, it'll bring more stagnancy rather than unequipping that's so true so yeah. i'm i'm actually glad that you brought that up um, because, yeah, that, dang, it, there's, I'm just going to say this, being a prophet or working in the prophetic gift, um, which go hand in hand, um, but you can, well, first of all, you can work in the prophetic gift and not be a prophet, because there's the office of prophet, and we can go into that later. But what I'm trying to get at is... Um, to have the prophetic gift or to work as a prophet um, doesn't just mean prophesying to people. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lifestyle. It's how you it's how you live, and it's how you guide others as well in the prophetic. Um, prophes- being a prophet or or, or you know um, exercising the prophetic gift is not just you know speaking a word into someone's life. Right. That's that's one puzzle piece out of the whole picture mm-hmm. of what it means to to be prophetic or to w- work in the prophetic. And um, the 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 prophets that you see that are just consistently doing what what Jeremiah Johnson was doing before he got that rebuke yeah. of just feeding prophetic word after prophetic word. 
um, doing a online prophetic session of just doing prophetic words without no Bible teaching, without no study of the word prophetically, Mm -hmm. without any encouragement outside of speaking prophetic words. You know, you can be in an encouragement to someone prophetically without speaking just consistent prophecies over someone's life. You can do that. Um, And that's what God called us to do. And I I learned that lesson, you know, a while back. Um, And that's why I have to be... um, uh, slow to speak and quick to think mm-hmm. when it comes to the prophetic. I have to discern in the moment when, when I get a word for someone, is that word for them now? Right. You know, or do I need to till the ground first before I, I speak that prophetic word? Because mm-hmm. if I keep speaking prophetic words to people, they're going to become, you know, um, not complacent. They're, they're going to be hungry for sugar, they're, they're going to want you to feed you and feed you and feed you instead of nourish you and actually nourish you with that word mm-hmm. or with, you know, encouragement. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so many prof, so-called prophets out there that are just, all they do is speak, 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 speak. Right. And they don't actually live a, a prophetic lifestyle. Yep. That's yeah. true. That's good. Um, I wanted to end on this note, um, and that is we need to be more honest with ourselves. Um, uh, it goes back to being intentional. Back in the beginning of our conversation, we were talking about being intentional in your space, mm-hmm. being intentional with the task that you're doing right now. We also have to be honest with each other, uh, we are, well, with ourselves, and, and, and um, we need to be honest in... Um, and how we move forward with with certain things, yeah. um, being more intentional with ourselves. Um, we need to be honest with ourselves where we're struggling. We need to be honest with ourselves where we need to grow in. And we need to be honest with ourselves, even in the place, in the, even the areas of our life where we have received that growth, but we haven't, um, we haven't, um, established that growth you can you can you you can um uh you can receive growth from the holy spirit in an area and not actually put that to use and still live the lie that you haven't actually made moves in that area we haven't actually grown in that area when you actually have you just haven't put those principles and those tools to use um and the holy spirit gives us those every day to use we just don't actually use them and so um the next time you find yourself in an area where um you're like man i I, i'm just not i'm just not feeling that or i'm just not experienced growth in that area have you actually used the tools that the holy spirit has given you in the past um have you actually used um the knowledge that you have received from the word and in scripture from the past um, or what you're receiving now when you're reading scripture now, are you actually using the tools that the Holy Spirit has given you on the daily mm-hmm. uh, to use to actually move forward and to, and to grow? Um, so, yeah, I just, I just felt that in my spirit to, to share. Are we actually being honest with ourselves daily in the moment? Um, because I think we take for granted a lot of things that the Holy Spirit has already given us to use. Um, and I think we find ourselves a lot of the times in these situations where 
we we don't we don't feel like we can ma- we can move past something when mm-hmm. we actually can. We just need to implement the things and the tools that the Holy Spirit has given us to use. Amen. Yeah, that's super good. All right, guys, uh, we're gonna go ahead and end on that note. Um, if you guys enjoyed this podcast episode, go ahead and share this broadcast with your friends and families so that they can rewatch it. Uh, go ahead and like the the stream so it can reach the algorithm. It can be push, uh, pushed pushed. Um, Push in the algorithm to reach other people and and you know spread the gospel, and uh, go ahead and subscribe to us so that you can uh, receive further content and get updates on when we go live in the future. Um, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Uh, in the meantime, stay blessed, stay encouraged, and stay humble in Jesus' name. See you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to the Reflecting In Podcast. If this episode blessed you in any way, please leave a review either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash reflecting him. Until next time, stay humble, strong, and courageous.